This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsyth. And yes, in case you're wondering, Dave Haxtell still is the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. They call him Chuck Fletcher. They call him Chucky Two Trades. Is that what we're calling him already? He's Chucky I don't Two know. Trades. That's, yeah, that's before he makes a single trade here. Yes, call him Chucky Two Trades. I'm gonna pretend like he's a wheeling and dealing GM. Literally, all he's done is just have a press conference as Flyers GM. And that's it. Tech- and he's Chucky Two Trades. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like he's about to get into the. Uh, the GM's office with like a with like a lighter and a bucket of gasoline. No Chuck and Two Trades here to blow it all up. Here he is. <laughs> We're gonna have this just complete impression of this guy who's just gonna come in and be like, "Hey, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're traded. Fuck you. Come with me." Like, and he came out and he probably had the most diplomatic press conference he could have today, where he's just yeah. like, "Well, we gotta evaluate what we have." And go from there. Like he didn't come in and say, we're blowing shit up. I'm bringing in all these crazy people that Paul Holmgren is whispering to me in my sleep. Every one of them. You name a star in the league. I'm asking for him. I just pictured Paul Holmgren just walking in the Chuck Fletcher's bedroom. Just like whispering in his ear. Shea Weber. He's still out there. Shea Weber. Shea Weber scored uh, two two goals in his first two games. P.K. Subban's only scored... uh, Two goals in his first eighteen. <laughs> by the way, this Justin, is this Justin is something out there. <laughs> this that thing I just mentioned, by the way, is something that I've actually like seen on Instagram. Discover from oh, Montreal Canadiens yeah. fans. Canadiens fans are like, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we did win this trade based on a couple games this season, and not based on all, not based at all on the contract that Paul Holmgren signed Shea Weber to that Nashville had to match. That's Basically goes until the end of time. Yeah, or the fact that Shea Weber missed a whole goddamn calendar year of playing time, but it's yeah, fine. It's it fine. totally worked out. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey uh, Chuck, Austin Matthews and RFA end of the year, make an offer. Ooh. Do it. Do it. That's a that's a spicy meatball. Spicy meatball. Oh, I, yeah, I'm not yeah. putting rumors out there, but I'm putting rumors out there. Call me Eklund because I'm just throwing rumors out there and seeing what sticks. <laughs> Matthews to Flyers. Parentheses E7 and parentheses E26. <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna say it. If Matthews or McDavid are on this team by the end of the month, then I'm over Chuck Fletcher. Complete there. failure. Failure. Yeah. Sack up, buddy. You're welcome to the big leagues. Finally get a chance at being GM. Better get <laughs> welcome. Better to get the every big, big name player. Yeah. Welcome to the fucking show. Put on your big boy pants. Make a trade. McDavid for Simmons, Gudis, and the rights of Valerie Vasiliev. That's and that a that. lot of grit and heart, man. Who says no? Well, not Peter Chiarelli. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Chiarelli. You know, <laughs> the funny thing about Peter Chiarelli is he probably for a second considered that one. He'd be like, hmm. <laughs> He's no, like, I can't do that. But for a second, he would, like most GMs would laugh immediately and, and move on with their day. But Peter Chiarelli would actually take a second and go, 
<laughs> he just like respond back to Fletcher. He's like, get Antoine Roussel and we'll talk. <laughs> I'll consider it. Can you throw in Tyrell Goldborn? <laughs> I just like the idea of uh, just throwing in things in the prospect pool that absolutely nobody wants. Like I think I want to hear more rumors about the rights to Valerie Valerie Vasilio getting moved. That's what I want. <laughs> Something that nobody has ever called the Flyers about, and just pretending like oh, I heard Tarasenko. Uh, apparently, Blues aren't too happy with Tarasenko. We could trade uh, Simmons, Ratcliffe, and uh, the rights to Valerie Vasilio for uh, Tarasenko. That's how you do that. By the way, get on, if the Blues... get on the horn, Chuck. Get on the horn, Chuck. If the Blues actually trade Tarasenko based on half a season or not even half I... a season, like a quarter of a season of uh, under expectations, then they're complete idiots. So look, I mean, the thing is uh, Armstrong came out and said, he's not hiring another coach with this core. And the coach right now is Craig Berube, by the way, in case you forgot that. Craig Berube. And, and Tarasenko apparently has been getting, uh, I mean, he's on the third line tonight in St. Louis and they mentioned it on the 31, uh, uh, thoughts podcast with uh Freeman was saying that apparently uh things aren't going too smoothly there. So I mean that's you a, know I'm just saying that's a in a heartbeat trade if you ask me. Like, oh absolutely Sarah Senko's yeah. like yeah do I have to think twice about it? <laughs> yeah. I mean can you imagine can you imagine Claude Drew setting up Tarasenko? Oh, you know that, you know that Vince McMahon right? gif where he's just going nuts? <laughs> That's me right now thinking about that. Yeah, that'll definitely be a mashup. Just the evolution, like his face, then the play developing, his face again, the Drew pass, and then his face, and then the goal. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking like about. That, that's the, the Joe Buck, oh, God, yes, completely personified <laughs> right there. Oh, God, yes. Uh, There's not a way to actually do a Joe Buck impression because that involves having zero to no personality. He's a yeah. fine broadcaster. Don't go. Get up. He, he, he really does not care for fake moonings. He, that, oh man, yeah. Are you, you're talking about Randy Moss, right? I'm talking about Randy Moss. Yeah, I was going to say that there wasn't like a second example. I remember, I remember watching that game him freaking out when I was like in eighth grade. Like, that is, that is cares. disgusting. <laughs> He pretended to pull down his pants. What is this? How dare you? <laughs> uh, speaking of trades, though. You uh, like this uh, uh, this Chuck is a 90s Fletcher. podcast tonight, so I'm just going to be making Tim Allen noises. Chuck Fletcher named the ninth GM in Flyers history. The first non-former Flyers since Russ Farwell. Wow. Actually, I don't know if Russ... Wow! I don't think Russ Farwell ever played. I didn't even look it up, but I'm pretty sure he's a nerd. And he never played hockey. Um, <laughs> the first nerd in the Flyers history. <laughs> we should have a plaque in the Wells Fargo Center that just says, first nerd. Him with a pocket protector, like, pushing off his glasses. <laughs> Ed Snyder dunking him. <laughs> Please, fans, aim your spitballs at this statue. <laughs> and, uh, and if you look to your left, there's Mr. Snyder uh, giving him a swirly. <laughs> uh chuck fletcher beat out seven to eight candidates apparently three of them most notably were ron francis bill zito and dave notice wow uh wow indeed. dave notice uh, really was a, con- dave a notice? Name throw out there yeah that was big news why uh, why uh, 
I guess to try and make people feel better about Chuck Fletcher. That would D- be the Dave uh, Nonis as an Galaxy actual, Brain answer. Dave Nonis as an actual GM candidate is the equivalent of when they throw Randy Carlisle in as an actual coaching candidate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that if that actually came to a, a head there and he actually became the next GM, I that would have... Uh, That's, of course, non-Ducks. Had, had to... for, for the Ducks, Randy Carlisle is always an acceptable answer. Well, you know what's amazing is the Ducks are in a playoff spot right now, and they're still as bad as they were. Like, that game the Flyers played out in California where it, it was pretty much just the Flyers playing like crap or like a beep, B-plus game, and they still dominated it. That's pretty much how the Ducks have played all year. And the Ducks are second in the Pacific, I think. I just don't get... Like, that team is just John Gibson and nothing but John Gibson, pretty much. Basically. Yeah. Is he available? But John Gibson... Well, I mean, <laughs> Chuck E. Two Trades wants to actually do something about it. Yeah, I think he's available. Chuck E. Two Trades. Uh... Fletcher uh, had to, had a, his introductory press conference today. He was announced on Monday, I believe, right? That's a new GM. Yeah, but so, only because it got leaked by slamming Sammy Carcitti, our boy. Oh, baby. Dunk spill. Thank you know you, what? Sammy. That, that was a nice scoop by Sammy. Slamming Sammy all over this thing. Very, very upset about Ron, but all over yeah. this Chuck Fletcher news. So the Flyers had basically an impromptu press conference at 5 p.m. Monday to announce it. Well, they didn't have a oh. press conference. They just kind of were like, yeah, this happened. Out. This, yeah. this happened. Can confirm. Yeah, he's our, he's our dude. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so Fletcher had his press conference today, had a bunch of bunch of uh, quotes to take away from it. And on trade, Chuck Fletcher says, quote, I can't imagine I'll make one in the next couple of days. First order of business is to look at, for in-house solutions. You have to give people a chance, player, staff, everybody. But if things aren't working and we're not gaining traction, I think you have to look at every angle. So, um, and you forgot the the part of the quote where he said, "I'm still trying to figure out how to work the Flyers' internal email system. <laughs> Once that's figured out, trades will uh, happen." He's uh, his email is big tasty fletch at comcast dot net. <laughs> tasty fletch. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the thing you don't think about is like he's starting a new job, so he pretty much has to come in, get his desk all set up, you know, figure out his way around the offices, figure out how to get around Gritty every day. Because you have to imagine Gritty is blocking his doorway each day with just hand scribbled notes about who to trade for. It's just (laughs) in crayon, giant, incoherent letters. Except for Gritty, he's asking them to trade for other mascots to hang out with. Like he's trying to get. He's trying to get the St. Bernard dog in, uh, from the abs, or he's trying to get Harvey the Hound, which, by the way... Your favorite. We, Yeah, I was, I was going to say we need to talk more about Harvey the Hound, because I just can't get tongue out, fedora on, tie. No shirt, but a tie. I mean, that, dog, that dog's got... That hound's got style, is what I'll say. And also, uh, I believe uh, Daryl Sutter also ripped out his tongue once, so that's also an added bonus. <laughs> But, is that a thing that happened? Yeah, actually, I'll see if I can find the YouTube video in a second. But yeah, he like <laughs> leaned over the glass, and Sutter just reached up and pulled out his tongue, and like the guy that was the Harvey the Hound just looked around for like two minutes, like really, dude, like you're gonna do this? <laughs> is this really <laughs> yeah. a thing that's happening? Right you gotta now? do this to it right now. I'm gonna goddamn mask it. Ask God out of it. You know, help me out here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Fletcher on trades. 
sounds like he's not going to do anything immediately, uh, which is fine. I, I mean, Bob McKenzie also came on before the the Wednesday night game here, and it's he said it sounds like the five game West Coast trip the Flyers are about to go on is a big measuring stick for what uh, Fletcher will decide to do in the next couple weeks or so. I would love for the Flyers to just go on a West Coast trip one of these days and not have it be a giant measuring stick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the one earlier this year was pretty annoying, and then the one last year was the end of the uh, 10-game losing streak. So seems to be their thing. Just uh, a lot of importance on the, these uh, West Coast trips here. but uh, And also the the what he's saying on the trades. So what he said on – because the big talking points I found were on trades, the prospects, uh, analytics, and Carter Hart. Everything he said is stuff that we'd want to hear, but also things that Hextall has said. Uh, so it, it sounds like he is uh, walking the walk. We'll see if he actually uh, talks a talk here in a few few weeks or so. But uh, on the on the prospects, he said there there aren't many deals where you're putting your best prospects in the deal. There's big deals in getting top, top talent back. If people want to throw those deals at me, great. We're not looking to trade our top kids, but I'm looking forward to the conversations. So hopefully that means the big name guys, uh, Hart, Frost, uh, Radcliffe, I guess, Wade Allison, guys like that. Yeah, on Radcliffe, you know. Yeah, I think he got He's made some good progress, don't get me wrong, but I think you've got a tier with Hart and Frost, yeah, those kind of guys. And then you've got like maybe Ratcliffe as the next tier down. And then there's, I'm sure there's a third tier where it's I think uh, I'm, I'm like, I guess Zamola. I think, uh, Allison's probably the top. Yeah. Like between the first and second one, I guess. I don't know. Wait, yeah, I, I, that's where I would place him. Yeah. He's, he's been pretty good. I mean, the Frost and Allison are like the two big skaters left in the prospect pool that we haven't seen yet. Uh, the rest of the guys, I mean, I really don't know who else I'd really care about him trading besides Frost, Allison, and and Hart. Uh, Myers, too, I guess. Uh, But outside of that, in the actual prospect pool that hasn't played in the NHL yet, I I don't think I would lose too much sleep over some of the other guys that have been mentioned. Maybe Farabee? Yeah, I mean, Farabee and O'Brien, I think it would be too early for him to make that type of trade with them. But, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I wouldn't expect... I'm thinking more of uh, who am I thinking of? like Kalyanuk, who's been doing pretty well at University of Wisconsin. That I wrote, I wrote about today, I think might be an option. Um, I hope Adam Ginning, who even though he was drafted this year too, and was a second round pick. I hope he would be on the table. Completely but, forgot about him until this moment. Yeah, but he's a very much like a state of Hag too, right? No, no, because Hag. I mean, I think Hag is more offensively gifted than Adam Ginning. I mean, uh, or Ginning, I don't know. I forgot how to say it, but he's not, he, he's a very physical uh, blue liner. Like, he's not going to be anything. I don't think he's going to do that well in the NHL if he ever makes it. And the, I think Hexel took him a little bit earlier than projected. So I'm not really a, not really a big fan of him. But hopefully, uh, he. I, I know he's one of those guys that jams across the league will probably want him because of uh, physical presence and everything. But does he hit guys? Oh, he hits guys. I'm in. (laughs) So, uh, but again, trades and prospects, that's kind of the answer that we, we would expect to hear from Hextall Fletcher on analytics. I quote, I felt like 
we built a pretty good analytics department in Minnesota that we're using more and more. When I talk about process, it was part of the process. So the analytics thing is where I'll be interested with him because technically Hextall had an analytics department with Ian Anderson. And uh, I think there was somebody else too. I forget right now though. Uh, he was essentially just sneaking them in in the middle of the night saying, listen, there's an analytics department, but don't tell Paul Holmgren. <laughs> well, I don't think it's one of those things too with the NHL. That, like every team thinks they're smarter than everybody else. And it was like, oh, we do our own version of advanced stats. And it's like, all right, well, it doesn't seem like it's paying off on the ice, but uh, we'll see what, we'll see what Fletcher does because I think I said on, on last week's show, he brought on a guys from, brought on a bunch of people from uh, War on Ice, which was the, the go-to stats page before uh, Course Gun Natural Statric. So maybe he's, maybe he'll use the advanced stats we're actually familiar with. But I mean, hopefully they do have something they have as like their own measuring stick, but at the same time, every team can say that. It's just the on ice product or like who you ice doesn't really back that up. Like for instance, yeah, we got numbers. We got numbers. Yeah, like for instance, there's nothing that common sense in the numbers would say that you should consistently play Andrew McDonald on a nightly basis. Things like that. So if you're saying you turn to your numbers for that, and Andrew McDonald's at the top of that statistical department, that's probably not anything of value. But we'll see. I mean, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Well, with Fletcher. to be devil's advocate on that one, you can present the numbers, but if your coach doesn't want to go along that's, with it, there's only I, so much you can do. That's what I mean. Yeah. Besides yeah. fire the coach, of course. <laughs> He's still around. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that sounds like it's going to be it's like, a, I was just saying with McKenzie, it sounds like he put it out there. Like it sounds like a lot rides on this, this road trip coming up. Well, uh, we all know when it comes to hacks, saving his ass on West coast road trip, he's an expert in that regard. I think, I think the one thing that I would point to for, uh, I mean, an indication that Hackstall is not going to be around too much longer is uh, Rick Wilson coming in. And Rick Wilson is an assistant coach. He's been an assistant coach in the NHL since uh, 1998. He was with Dallas for a really long time, was even an interim coach there. Uh, and then he was with Minnesota from 2010 to 2016. He spent last season with Dallas again. And uh, he's he's going to be in charge of uh, – he's going to fill in for Gordon Murphy. He's going to be a defense the, – the coach of the defense. And uh, actually, speaking of analytics, it's kind of funny because apparently he met with the press today. And he – when asked about analytics, he said his analytics are here and then pointed to his eyes. So, again, oh, Fletcher – baby. Yeah, Fletcher says up. a lot of stuff, but we'll see how he actually does when he's in charge. Because that's – I mean, those are things that go very – when he's the guy that you <laughs> When asked about to, analytics, like, Rick Wilson – grabbed a hold of his testicles and said, I got your analytics right here. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, you know, if Fletcher's going to say that he, he hopes on expanding on the analytics department and he's going to use the analytics and everything. And then he's the guy that it feels like he hand selected to come here. Eh, you know, those, those things kind of don't really go hand in hand, but we'll see. I uh, also with Wilson, he's considered to be a quote, let him play type coach where apparently Gordon Murphy was, too much on top of his guys, which I mean, we'll, we'll get more on the Gordon Murphy in a bit here. Uh, but 
Overall, the Fletcher uh, and then Fletcher on Carter Hart. I don't think it can ever be a one size fits all with prospects. I really can't remember many 20 year old goalies who have played in the NHL. I really believe goaltenders need seasoning. I want to want to bring Carter Hart Carter Hart up right now. And I think he also Where said he wanted. Have I heard that quote before? Said he wouldn't also uh, rule out bring him up at some point this season. So again, all yeah, you're right. All these things. Sound like Hextall. It sounds a lot like Hextall. Now, it's going to be, a, but at the same time, like with the Wilson thing, he hasn't exactly followed up on those words yet. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what he does. But, Stephen, as of right now, how do you feel about good old, uh, good old Charles Fletcher? Hmm. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I man, this is a tough one. I obviously want to give Chuck Fletcher a fair shot, but I'm still pretty salty about the Hextall thing. Like, I feel like a lot of what he's saying is the same stuff as Ron Hextall, and it's frustrating that the Flyers feel the need to bring in a Ron Hextall that isn't Ron Hextall. <laughs> um, and we'll get more into the issues that have been... I guess, we could say they've come out, but we've also they they've been leaked in the past week or so. But there's a lot of information coming out about why Ron Hextall was fired, why he was let go. Uh, I guess my main thing with Fletcher, I like the analytics background and I like that he's preaching patience already. That's really good stuff. But I don't love what he did in Minnesota. Like he did some solid stuff in Minnesota. They competed. They were probably a B plus team, maybe a minus, but there's concern over not getting over the hump. You obviously, if you want to make this move, you want a guy who can get you over the hump, right? And the other thing is, I don't love his trades. I don't love his big trades. I don't really see anybody that stands out to me as, like, this is a guy I want as my GM. Yeah, I mean, I think all those concerns are fair. Uh, and, again, going to the press conference, for me, I, I think last week I was pretty bummed out because it sounded like they're still looking at people even though strongly suggested that Fletcher is going to be the guy. Holmgren was in charge of the team and he was providing a lot of lip surface and I wasn't really sure if that lip surface was going to come through. He ended up not making any crazy ass trades or doing anything dumb in his week at the helm. Yeah, So pretty much I feel a lot easier about that and then with Fletcher it's a thing where I think I said it last week too. But and I, I told you before the show, I just I would have preferred Greeley or Zito just because I I didn't know anything about them. Like I knew what teams it would have been with, but can't really go back and trace transactions based on assistant general managers. It's kind of a hard thing to follow the like the you know the transaction tree to see what they actually did for that team. Uh, and any GM, you could have looked at their trade history, their free agent signings, and everything, and poked holes in. And I. You know, Fletcher really isn't a name that is exciting to me. But at the same time, some of the things I was also uneasy about, like the the Brent Burns and Nick Letty trade, at the press conference today, he had a whole joke about Nick the, the Nick Letty trade, about how when he was in Minnesota, his one of the first things I wanted to do was, you know, kind of come in and make the postseason. And he said he thought he would trade a young kid for a veteran. And it was Cam Barker for Nick Letty. And then he was like, what's Nick Letty doing now, by the way? And it turns out 
he's like talked to Nick Letty since then, all this kind of shit. But pretty much, he realizes that he fucked up with that trade. So if he realizes, my bad. Yeah, if he realizes he's dealing kids way too quick, that's kind of ideal. And I, I, I was looking more at his draft history, and I mean, it's not. I think a lot of the stuff with Hexall has been undetermined just because he, I mean, he was a GM pretty recently and he, his draft history doesn't go back to 2009. But the amount of picks he acquired and how he focused on um, drafting and developing, you know, Hexall was pretty good across the league in that in that department. Fletcher had nine drafts. He had eight first-round picks. Uh, he had a first-round pick in seven of his nine drafts, and he had one draft with two first-round picks. The first round picks were Nick Letty, Michael, uh, Mikel Granlund, Jonas Brodeen, Zach Phillips, who has 14 points in 23 games in the EBEL in Austria right now, Matt, Matt Dumba, Alex Tuck, Joel Erickson Eck, and Luke Kunin. Now, you made fun of Zach Phillips, but the rest of those picks are, are pretty damn good. Prefer. Oh, no, in general, I was just going like, Ooh. <laughs> okay. right. I, I, I guess the thing is, well, I, there's there, there's more with the graphics, but go go ahead. I was going to say, I, I don't know, man. It's just like there's solid stuff, but I guess if you're you're moving off Hextall, right? You want some sizzle. You want some sexiness. But even the name Chuck Fletcher is just like, <laughs> just <from Chuck>. I'm <laughs> Chuck Fletcher. Hello, I'm an accountant in Minnesota. <laughs> Well, I think, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, yeah. Do, do you think there's a, a name out there besides Steve Eisman who I think I think we concluded is just dead set on going back to Detroit? Is there a name out there that you would have really wanted, or is it just a thing where it's just just because it was getting away from Hexall, you wouldn't have liked it no matter what? I think I agree with your point where – the unknown is a little more promising yeah. than the known in this case. And just Fletcher seems like kind of a boring pick. Uh, Zito Greeley, those guys seem exciting and new, something different. But I also understand that the organization wanted something kind of familiar, something kind of uh, tread a little bit where they know he's a little more willing to make a big move if he has to. Yeah. And that's really what they want to say. So on the one hand, I'm discouraged by them just giving up on Hextall when they did. But on the other hand, it's encouraging to see them looking for a guy with those Hextall, the good Hextall traits, right? The good Hextall traits, like the patience, the willingness to get prospects and development prospects, uh, the analytics, and taking it to that next level where maybe it's more of a happy medium. So I'm conflicted, yeah. to be honest, but it's just it's just kind of a dull name. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I, uh, I, I think if he's Ron Hextall, but he is not quite as dead set on the, the drafting and developing, like he sacrifices some picks and prospects to go out and get a, a player in a trade or to, you know, give room for a free agent signing then I think I'm on board with it. That's obviously the best possible outcome because we don't know what he's going to do yet. But I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a thing where last week it was, I was pretty bummed out just because, you know, they had fired Hextall and it was a thing where Holmgren came out and said, we're going to, we got to make the playoffs this year, pretty much. He was like, we got to do stuff now to make it go down. 
and Fletcher that came in today and was like, yeah, we're going to try and get to the playoffs this year. Uh, I'm not going to trade away kids to do that, though. So, Don't again, if he it. backs up, yeah, Don't if he get backs to the playoffs up this year. His, his words uh, with actions here and he doesn't go out and make obnoxious trades and he actually uh, still keeps the first-round pick and does sensible trades and trades away prospects that aren't, you know, high-end high end prospects that other teams may still actually want, uh, then I'm on board with it. The rest of his drafting, though, uh, what was it? Five drafts. He had two out of the nine drafts, too. He had five drafts with seven picks or more, three with six picks, and he had one draft with four picks. Uh, and on top of the first-round picks, he also drafted uh, Darcy Kemper, Eric Holla, Johan Larson, Jason Zucker, uh, Nick Sealer, Tyler Grayovac, uh Gustav Olofsson, Curtis Gabriel, uh, Reed Duke, Jordan Greenway, and then Kapriel, uh, Kirill Kaprizov is a fifth-round pick who has been doing pretty good at World Juniors, and he's playing the KHL right now. He's got 25 points in 33 uh, games this season. He's only 21 years old, and he's, like he's definitely going to make it to the NHL one day, but I think it was the 2017 World Junior Championship where they wouldn't stop talking about Jordan Greenway and Kirill Kaprizov, and those are both guys that the Wild drafted while Fletcher is in uh, in the GM spot. So hopefully, I mean, it seems like he's still focused on drafting and developing. And if he focuses on that and the analytics, and then he does make the occasional move at the NHL level, I'm not really, I don't know. I guess I'm open to it. I want to see what he, I mean, obviously I want to see what he does, but I'm not going to completely rule out what he can do here, especially if he's making jokes about how dumb his trades were in the past, and hopefully he's not going to fall into that trap again. You know, yeah. he could make that joke and then be like, all right, goes for Roman Polak. And we're like, all right, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? It's like, I've learned from my mistakes and then comes out and makes the same exact mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think another thing, too, like you're talking about Fletcher being boring and everything. But I think. I think that's a better thing. Like, I think that's better than having a guy. I don't even know what GM option would have been out there that would have been Paul Holmgren. Well, yeah, Hunger, but like, uh, if somebody else is outside the, so instead of Hunger just being like, I'm going to be the GM and make all these flashy trades right now, I think or they a Paul did take Holmgren something. Type is really what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, somebody who's they, just looking at me like, yeah, you know what? Let's stir this shit up. Let's trade some guys out of here. Yeah, blow it up. So I think that I think it's good that they are accepting of another guy with Hextall's patience and willing to not have an itchy uh, trigger finger, I guess. I think that's a, a positive you can look at for the franchise. I, I think last week it was just a lot more of we got to see where this is going to go. Uh, there wasn't as much rumblings as to what actually could have happened behind closed doors with Hextall and all this kind of shit, and we didn't know if this was just homegrown pretty much being like we got to get back to the old form of the Flyers here. It sounds more like we just need a guy that still focuses on drafting and developing but like we need to maybe address uh, having Cal Pickard be your starting goalie for a stretch, or like maybe the thirty-first ranked penalty kill, or things like that. There's a lot of ways we could go here. We could talk about the goalie issue. We could talk about Ron Hextall, but yeah, man, there's a lot going on. But yeah, that's just overall, a lot right now. Would you say you feel confident in this pick for Philadelphia Flyers general manager at this time? Confident. Um, I'm going to say I'm cautiously optimistic, is what I'll say. 
I think it can work out. I think he has proven in the past he's made a good trade or two. I mean, he's right now... He's also made some really bad trades. Right. But right now, like, with the team... The way the team's playing, they're not, like, terrible at 5-5. Five five. They're actually fine at 5-5. Five five. If he uses the two trades he could make right here this year and actually gets a goalie and maybe they do something correct to penalty kill... I mean, the Flyers could be good this year. I know that's crazy to say with where the team stands right now. It's not but, crazy to me. I think yeah, it's crazy and, to certain people listening to this, but it's yeah. not crazy to me. I know this team has talent. I'm, and and getting back to your other point, uh, I mean, it could work the other way where he comes in, he does try to make one or two moves this year to make the playoffs, and they're just both uh, terrible moves. Like he makes a trade for a guy that is not better than what we already had here. They have a worse contract. He kind of bungles up like the the cap situation for the next two or three years or something. So I, I really I think it could go either way. Like this this whole decision and hiring, this is, it's a pretty big decision in, in Flyers history. I mean, it really is. Not to like you know kind of get like you know throw out hyperbole there or fly hyperbole. Trademarked it, got him. Uh, but. It is a pretty, it's a pretty big defining moment. I mean, you finally switched up what you've done your entire like history as a franchise. Put trust in well, you put trust in a former player. That's not something they changed up. But it was a guy I, that drafted. I, I do have to say though, there, then, there's a lot being put into the outsider perspective. And here's the thing: when they brought in Ron Hextall, that was an outsider perspective. No, to it was. Degree. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think that's that's given a lot of credit. He wasn't somebody who was coming in. He actually came in and tried something very different than they've tried in Flyers history. And I think it's a little bit of a disservice to what Ron Hextall did and the decision making by the organization to bring him in and entrust him in the GM role. Uh, I think it's a bit of a disservice to act like he was a Flyers insider coming in and just same old, same old. He tried something different. Now, again, it obviously didn't work to the degree pretty much everybody wanted at this point but it was something different yeah no that's fair like he he was a former flyer but he didn't have the same mentality as clark and holmgren or it wasn't the same old flyers as usual they actually but uh, i forget where i was going uh, with that talking point but yeah well, it was uh what i wanted to ask you oh, Craig, well, oh why if i was confident that yeah it, it's i just think it's a thing where it's you make that big decision to get rid of Hextall, and it seems like it was mainly because not that he wanted to make gigantic moves at the NHL level. It's just he did not want to. Tra- I think wasn't his only trade the better his team at the NHL level, the Peter Morazic trade, and that was a necessary thing because Elliot and Neuwirth were both like dead last season. Uh, pretty much, most of them were salary so, dumps or to right. obtain so, prospects. You know, with the team looking to take a step this year, and it didn't really go that way, and. I mean, one of the knocks on Hextel was he, he, it felt like he didn't do enough. He didn't, like, there were simple things he could have done without having to lose prospects or picks. Like, it, it doesn't take a lot to sign Michael Grabner when you have the worst penalty kill in the league. It doesn't take a lot to get another stopgap goalie that isn't Michael Neuwirth and Brian Elliott, who you saw pretty much die on the ice last season. Like, there, there were things he could have done that didn't require him to go off his plan that he just it seemed like he was not willing to do and if again if Fletcher comes in and he utilizes analytics and he actually does still focus on keeping the pipeline stocked but actually does make you know like 
an Eric Stahl signing or a Devin Dubnik trade, then this team is going to be a better team in the next year or two. But it, it's all – I can't really say with confidence I see that happening. It's just I, – I get why they did it, and I, I think I think it could go well. I'm, I'm just – I, I want to see what happens first. There's a lot of things that could happen with the first moves that they'll address, and I, I want to see what they are first, and then we'll go from there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I was was very intrigued, and I know a lot of people weren't. I know people were were sick of this current club and all that, but I was intrigued to see where Hextall was going with this, and I'm more disappointed than most people. Most people are relieved things are going to change, and I'm actually disappointed still. Well, I'm I'm with you. I I would have liked to kept Hextall, but I mean, at the same time, if... I thought this season would have been a step forward season too. And if Hexall was going to let it ride out, and they were going to be the worst team in the league and we we're going to have more of those Leafs and Sabres games and Islanders games, then I kind of get why they made the decision. I mean, you could tell the fan base was turning apathetic and I, I know it sucks like going through a rebuild or whatever, and it takes time to go through a rebuild. I, I, this is a decision that I think would have come no. If not this season, two years from now or something. So maybe they're just trying to cut to the chase right now. And they do have enough. I get it, but yeah. I'm just it's still frustrating to me. Yeah, yeah. Right, so as regarding this season, where do you stand right now? Do you stand with try to make the playoffs because they definitely have talent? Or screw it, Jack Hughes is out there. I... I'm not going to lie. I think that depends on the coach for me. I, if they're going to decide Haxtell needs to be the coach, though, I think I'd rather just them tank out. So then he will. I mean, I don't see how he would stay on, but I. Man. I don't know how far this team gets if they make the postseason. So I think I'm more towards lose for Hughes, your favorite uh, saying about Jack Hughes. I, I just draft. feel like there has to be a better one. I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> But there has to be a better one. Yeah, I'm still not saying the one I want to say on air. It's uninspired. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's where I am. Slack for Jack. I think that's a good one. Uh, Because we were saying, or I was saying before, that they are fine at 5 and 5. Like, if you corrected some things to correct the things away from 5 and 5, this would actually be a halfway decent team. So, if they don't correct those immediately, and they let them linger, and the goalies kind of keep falling apart and the penalty kill still looks like ass and it costs those games they're going to be in the the running for jack hughes and if they get jack hughes i don't know you you're already a good five and five team next year yeah jack hughes that's probably going to help you correct some of the issues this year at the pk and the goaltending then should have a pretty scary team next year uh at the same time it, it it's not it's also tough to just say tank because of the whole draft lottery because you could do what the sabers did and try and get Eichel and Matthews, or I mean, uh, get McDavid and Matthews and uh, only get Jack Eichel out of it, which, again, is not the end of the world, but he's not exactly McDavid or Matthews. Well, one but, of the moves that the Flyers could make if they want to keep this season going, if they want to try and make the playoffs and succeed in the playoffs, is trade for goaltending. So if there's yeah. a, a few names that are getting slung out there because certain teams kind of suck this year, and maybe suck more than they expected to. So let's run down these names real quick and see who's intriguing and see who makes absolutely no sense. Okay. So I'm just trying to find the names on this little list. I have a couple we could start with that you put in the notes here. Let's start it up, buddy. 
Uh, Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick. So that's a no for me. <laughs> well, oh, you can go. You can go off, but uh, I'm already fairly entrenched. In the well, let's with let's talk about the problems with that, right? Because that's a a big name. That's one that people instantly recognize, and maybe people who haven't paid that much close attention in the past couple of years might immediately go, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah get him." So, yeah. My first issue with Quick is that his contract term is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't even know how many years left he has on it. Twenty twenty three. Okay, so there you go. And uh, if we're looking for a guy that's going to bring stability in the net and not be injured, um, I don't think he's the answer there. You're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, and also, I also just, personally, I don't think I could take Quick as my goalie just because dude's a madman in the crease. Like, he is sliding all over the place. He's, he's He seems to be one of the least technically sound goalies ever. Like, he's always doing splits, really challenging skaters. I don't think I could take full nights of that where it's just 60 minutes of him throwing his body around that shots, like getting out of position all night long. He'll, he'll make a string of ridiculous saves, but I don't know if my heart can handle it. So that's also why I'm not on the quick train. I also don't think he's had the best numbers recently. I know he's had a couple uh, like iffy seasons, but I'll, I'll look it up now. Check out his numbers, but I'm not really. And also because he is a, a bigger name, like he would cost you more than some of the lesser known goalies who might be able to bring you the same amount of value. So well, I'm as, not really. As Brian Boucher told me a couple of years back on a, what was it? The, well, you know, I'm not going to say the name of the blog I was podcasting for at the time, but the, <laughs> the flyers blog I was podcasting for the time I uh, interviewed Brian Boucher and it was the 2012 Olympics. And I asked him, you know, people are upset about Ryan Miller not being selected as the starting goaltender for USA. Uh, Quick has been named the starter, but he just has not had impressive numbers this year. And Brian Boucher's response was, how many Stanley Cups has Ryan Miller won? Oh, baby. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. Yeah. They could say Jonathan Quick, Stanley Cup champion, and that yeah. alone raises the price. By the way, his numbers haven't been as bad as I thought they were. They were... He was nine twenty one last year, nine forty seven in the sweep of the uh, against Golden Knights. He was nine seventeen in seventeen games back in twenty sixteen seventeen, and then he was nine eighteen back in twenty fifteen sixteen. So he's actually well, he's been pretty much like league average since the 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 first Stanley Cup they went on, actually. Right, but that's that's league average for five point eight mil a year until twenty twenty three. Yeah, and then you're you're eventually going to have to deal with, you know, if Hart actually does become an NHL guy, you're going to have to try and move. Like, you'd pretty much have to try and move quick then, unless you don't want to go with him till the end of his career. But, I mean, he was already hurt this year, and he played, yeah, he played 17 games two years ago. So, I don't know if I would really be uh, calling L.A. right now to get him. But at the same time, with that said, even though I just talked on quick for injuries, uh, I'm, uh, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing how much Corey Crawford costs. Uh, and I know he just missed a good chunk of the year with uh, injury last year, and then he just came back in the last couple of weeks or so. But still, and he's been up and down like since he came back. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But been. also, the Chicago Blackhawks are very, very bad. Very bad, and Stan Bowman uh, hasn't exactly been making the best trades recently. Is what I'll say, 
and you can interpret how long recently it's been, but <laughs> look at some of his traits. They're not exactly, he's not exactly killing it. And that's yeah. kind of the reason why they are well, where they're at. Look at, at this so. defun, the defense, 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 defense. That's 2000s. That's not the 90s. That's all. <laughs> but let's look at this defense in front of Corey Crawford right now. First pairing, according to Daily Faceoff, Duncan Keith and Henry Jokaharju. Jokaharju? Yoka. Yeah, Jokaharju. He's good. Jokaharju is good. Okay. Here's their first round pick in 2017. Second pairing. And this one is really going to make Flyers fans vomit. Brandon Manning and Brent Seabrook. Oh, boy. That's that's uh, that's your second pairing, all right. What's your third? Eric Gustafson and Gustav Forsling. All righty, so non-Gus Bus, Eric Gustafson and uh, Gustav Far- Forsling. So really a run-of-the-mill third pairing there, which sounds fine. But yeah, that's second pairing. Man. Absolute disaster. Man. Well, what you get for winning three cups? You got to watch Brandon Manning and uh, Brent Seabrook this year. I mean, that's a fine trade. Mandong. We had to watch Brandon Manning. We had to watch Mandong without the cups, and that was uh... Mandong. <laughs> and that was. <laughs> we talking about dongs in here? <laughs> it was not not a cool time when he was in Philadelphia. Besides the the extra price he provided for the Edmonton games, it was not a lot of fun having Manning on the team. Which, by the way, <laughs> he did drive Edmonton nuts, though. That was fun. Was that the most exciting game of the Hextall tenure now that it's done? The regular season win against the Oilers in 16-17? Probably. Yeah, it's either that. I mean, game two and game the, the wins against the Penguins, too, were pretty good. Although, actually, you know what? It, for Hextall's tenure, it was probably the Michael Norvish shutout against the Caps in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a hell of a performance by Norvish. Got outshot 44-11 and went Nightmares! <laughs> I'm really going to miss saying that like Doc Emmerich when he's gone. Oh, well, he's still got another year of him, maybe. Possibly here. Yeah, if he ever plays again. Yeah, although I'm pretty sure, and I you know, I don't want to throw my sources under the bus here, but I'm pretty sure Norworth is dead, and they just, they're, nobody, they haven't informed anybody yet. That's oh, 100% a weekend no, at Bernie just, situation. Yeah, he's just buried somewhere in the Wells Fargo Center. Weekend at Center. Bernie <laughs> Just, uh, just Chuck Fletcher coming out now. He's like, oh yeah, Norworth's, uh, not going to comment again to the media it's been nine months now but he's still uh afraid to talk to you guys <laughs> see see you tomorrow but okay after crawford and quick uh you also put Brovsky down here Bobrovsky! and what are your thoughts on him so i listen i never got <laughs> over Bobrovsky. this is a good start <laughs> Bobrovsky's like the ex-girlfriend for me of uh, <laughs> Flyers, essentially. Like, the one who got away. Like, what Patrick Sharp <laughs> used to be for Flyers fans. That's oh, Bobrovsky yeah. for me, where I'm just like, you traded a Vesna winner for nothing! Yeah. But, yeah, okay. So, Bobrovsky, struggling right now. Gonna be a free agent next year. So, yeah, the name's gonna be floated out there. I don't think there are any realistic odds of the Flyers trading for him. Doesn't make the most sense. But I'm also still not over him. Yeah, so you just want to bring him back. For me, that would be uh, the guy I just can't get over, and I can't believe they trade was Lucas Pisa. I mean, he's so good, and he was here for so long, and I just and man, I they didn't get so any much. return for him. Yeah, they didn't get anything good. I mean, you know, 
got some no name in a package deal for him. So I'm, I'm over it, I guess. Uh, and they got rid of Lupul too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, Joffrey. Uh, I my only thing with Bravowski, and this is gonna be a this might be a spicy one, is a uh, eight ninety one is his save percentage in the postseason. So no, thank you. That's I don't know if that's making too light of the Blue Jackets team around him, but that's not exactly the, something encouraging. Cause it doesn't I don't really look care. good, but yeah. it's also the Blue Jackets, and they usually play the Penguins or the Capitals in the first yeah. round. So I'm not saying that's he, a tough one to say. That's a tough he, one to say. But he's the not really helping. Yeah, he's not really helping on some of those goals, though. I mean, I saw him. We all saw him. It's not exactly like he was letting in a continuous breakaways from Crosby on some of those goals. I mean, he had Jake Gensel getting a fucking hat trick and on goals that weren't exactly great. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to sign the guy to like a 10 year, $7 million a year contract. That's for sure. But just nine years. He, $69 so million. Here's the thing. When ever somebody starts going on a rant about the Flyers, goaltending is the first thing they bring up, right? Yeah. And that's the number one issue being brought up this year. The thing that Hextall did not address. If not one of these guys, like who the hell do the Flyers use until Carter Hart's ready? Because he's probably got at least till the end of this year until he's ready. He might be ready next year. Fingers crossed. But I don't, I think, and if he is ready next year, he's probably going to need a solid change of pace or backup guy. Yeah, so we're about to double team this segue here. So Chuck Fletcher was talking about in-house solutions, and there seems to be a name that people are thinking, for some reason, after getting drafted in 2012, that he's going to be the guy that uh, is going to take over the crease for the next month or so. And, and, I mean, he deserves to get a look, but uh, how do you feel about Anthony Stolarz, Stephen? Stolarz. I'm a Stoltender goaltender fan, but I am not. Yeah, Stoltender the (laughs) goaltender. So... I'm for giving him a shot right now because I am what do you I'm got all to about lose? giving him a shot. Yeah, I'm about giving him a shot. He's looked good so far through be a couple games. Anything he special. Hasn't lit the world but, on fire, but he's looked pretty good. Yeah. He like I was saying, he's not you know, I don't think he's gonna be the the, the guy, but I think it's worth giving him a shot here, especially right now where you're trying to figure stuff out. So uh I put down his numbers somewhere in the uh I'm going to find him real quick, but I mean, he looked good against the, the Penguins and that was a game that uh, I think everybody was ready to chalk up to there being a big difference. I believe in the Flyers. Both pointed this out on PSA radio is like the turning point for the Penguins season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, still ours this year is three, two and one with a nine twenty three. No, no, this is over his career. Three, two, three, two and one. 923 save percentage, uh, one shutout. And this season is 1 1 and 0, 912 save percentage, 2.88 goals against average. And uh, thanks to his game against the Penguins, he has a 950 high danger save percentage, which is definitely going to come down eventually. But I, I don't know. I'm ready to, uh, yeah, I'm ready to see how he, how he does with, with a chance here. Again, I don't think he's going to. I'm actually more interested to talk about the two games in the post-text all year because I think some people were looking for differences in how the team played. And quite honestly, they, the teams look the same to me. I mean, they fought a, they fought some more and there's been more hitting, I guess. But I think that's not really Hextall. I think that's just more a team that's going to have a general manager and they were 
it kind of grew like a us against the world mentality. That's my viewpoint on that. No, you're 100 percent right about that. And they like they got murdered against the Penguins. I I mean they shouldn't have won that game, but uh, they had a 39.29 Corsi four percentage. 31.1 expected goals, four percentage in the third period. They had a 28.57 Corsi, four percentage. Uh, Proveroff and Ghost got murdered. They were 26.32 Corsi, four percentage. Uh, Proveroff was out of position on the first goal. Ghost was out of position on the second goal. Although Ghost had a little bit of help from uh, Dale Weiss turning over in the neutral zone. Uh, Gretzky. Yeah, and then speaking of Dale Weiss, I mean, Dale Weiss scores a shorthanded breakaway goal for you, and Andrew McDonald gets <laughs> three assists. it up. Yeah, like what? Are, what are the chances either of those things are ever going to happen again in their careers? Like I, that had to have been Dale Weiss's first breakaway goal as a flyer, right? I, I don't even know. Yeah, and I, well, I wasn't going to look up Dale Weiss highlights for an hour and a half, but I'm pretty sure that's the only breakaway goal he's gotten while he's I mean, been here. So. If you looked at every Dale Weiss goal, it actually would not take you very long. I'm sure you could do it in <laughs> under an hour. Yeah, I, and it's a it's a thing where they still turtle in the third period. Stolarz had to stand on his head. Stolarz made. A ton of great saves in the third period, and Haxtell is still doing uh still doing dumb coach stuff. Like you put Listen, out the fourth Craig, the line. The coach is not the problem. The coach is not the problem. It was all the GM. Now that Ron's gone, they beat the Penguins. It's that simple. He put out the fourth line against uh, Crosby. Uh, that line after, or the the shift after Crosby got laid out by Gudis twice, and then he was exhausted, and they had to go down after an icing, and he puts out Weiss, uh, Latera. And uh, go uh, Goldborn? No, Limbaum. Limbaum. So, Limbaum, Limbaum on the fourth line again. So, I kind of wonder if uh, Hextall was, you know, getting in there with the lineups if uh, he wasn't exactly making the wrong choices. But they uh, they look the same. I mean, Gudis threw some more hits. Simmons fought Alexiak. Uh, and then the same in the centers game. They look more physical, but I think that is well, more a. You know, Ron against the world. Up- Dave Haxtall and said, you got to put Laterra in there for the Penguins game. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, so do you want to talk about, I mean, do you want to talk about any of the rumors that were around uh, Hexel? Yeah, let's talk about and pizza. We'll talk about the, the, the presser too, Hexel's presser too. So, yeah, so uh, presser at the hotel across the street from the skate zone? No idea. I think so. Yeah. And it, but, but Ron Hextall. Did his own individual press conference, which is a, a good thing to do. Very revealing. A lot of interesting quotes out of that one. So thanks to Ron Hextall for going out there and doing that. A lot of people had questions, and I think there were definitely some answers found. Yeah, and I the revealing part, I think, for me was the uh, the contracts of Proroff and Simmons. He made it sound like Simmons probably wasn't going to come back, and then also that Proveroff, uh, he's been in contact with Mark Gambler, who's Proveroff's agent, uh, 10 to 15 times this season, and apparently nothing has has been breaking in that. So, it's, Gandy, uh, buddy, I don't think you've seen your client play this season. <laughs> yeah, well, and also, I I think uh, I think he pretty much came out and said, I forget what Hexel's exact quote was on Proveroff, but said that he didn't think it was getting to him, and that he thinks Proveroff is still going to be what we all think he's going to be. It just might be this season. But, uh, I think the two, one of the interesting uh, points from that press conference was the comments on Konechny and Allison. He called, uh, he said, Konechny, he's freaking terrific when he pisses off the other team's general manager off up, up in the box. You know, he's good at it. Also called him a piss pot, I believe was the correct term. I love that. So that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely something. 
uh, and called Wade Allison the Big Red Train. And there was a, I mean, Wade Allison. Train. Yeah, I, like I mean, I thought like this season uh, in 2016 after they drafted him, you know, whenever there's a draft pick, I usually go back and watch the highlights of him. And when I was watching him that summer, he kind of seems like he's an asshole out there because there were a bunch of goals like when because he was with the Tri City Storm in the UCHL and they would like show highlights of his goals. And there's a couple. There was like one that stuck out to me where he scored a goal, and then he skated between two opponents and like went down like scooped up ice like off the ice. And he did like other things like that, or like he like elaborately put out his arms and like glide into the glass like next to a player on the other team. Like he was just doing little things that you could tell he was just being an asshole out there. So. I think if there's uh, one thing I really want to see more of on the Flyers, it's assholes who score goals. Yeah, and I think that was what uh, Hexel addressed in his uh, parting presser, too, was he wished he had got more players with energy. And, Real uh, piss I guess and vinegar, kind of guys. Yeah. Uh, apparently, according to Brad E. Sloshman, who is a, who's a college writer uh, for the Grand Forks Herald, during Wade Allison's career, Western Michigan is 37, 20, and 5 when he's in the lineup and 8, 18, and 2 when he's out of the lineup. The wow. Broncos are 4 four and 0 with him this season. So, yeah, big time. Wow. Because that's, uh, that's a pretty big stat. Uh, and besides that, I think the only other thing that, not even from the presser, but uh, the coaching, the coaching mix up, like the, the shuffling of assistant coaches and the Perrier and everything. Apparently, according to Dave Isaac, uh, quote, a week before Hexall's firing, the Flyers strongly considered bringing Lehigh Valley's Phantoms coach, uh, Scott Gordon, up to the NHL to oversee the Flyers special teams. Francis Gordon implemented a penalty kill that was 85.9% for the season heading into Saturday's game and making assistant Chris Knobloch be the main bench balls for the Phantoms with Ian LePerrier going to the minors with them. It's unclear if the shutout win over the New York Rangers on Black Friday put an end to this thought, or if the team decided against it for other reasons. Hmm. So, could you, uh, so uh, hopefully you didn't enjoy that Black Friday win too much, because that's what led to this entire shakeup. Maybe. I mean, I, I enjoyed like I it at the time. That. It was over yeah. the Rangers, and I hate the Rangers. I would have, uh, I would have liked to have seen that. I mean, I don't know why that wouldn't have been. It would have been a very interesting approach. I think I would have liked to have given it a shot rather than well, if there had been going into the one, unknown right now. I mean, maybe two other games after that Rangers game, maybe we would have seen something. But you know, yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, they. I, I still. I mean, I don't know about the whole Hextall thing. They they had to do something after that six nothing loss to leave. So yeah, but typically good. you fire the coach. No, no, no. I, yeah, I agree. I'm I don't want to do this again. But I, it, I, it's like. Uh, yeah well i mean i'm frustrated with this uh, franchise yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and i i I still don't understand why paul holmgren's in charge anyway um, yeah the the holmgren thing i don't really get either yeah so but uh i would really love to talk about a lot of the hextall firing stuff that's kind of floated around in the past week or so yeah so a lot of stuff going out there uh specifically about ron hextall being a very controlling guy and that rubbing people the wrong way. So one of the things that's really floated around has been controlling the team's diet, right? So no inflammatory, inflammatory foods, but the big one mentioned was pizza. And yeah. like this is specifically for when the Flyers are basically at their jobs, right? 
Yeah, I think it was an after like after game thing where they right. were just DPS after games. So Hextall gets this sports science advice that says after the game, you shouldn't eat inflammatory foods. So he says, don't eat pizza after the game. But then that's mentioned as one of those things like, you know, this asshole goes out there and says these guys can't eat pizza after games. Screw him. I get it. <laughs> and I know it's one of those things that's you want to give guys freedoms and you always want to say, hey, the Broad Street Bullies went out there. They drank as much as they wanted after games. They ate as much damn pizza as they wanted to. So guess what? They won championships. They were champions. Different era. Different yeah. era. Different time. People are very different as far as athletes go these days. They just, you have this data out there and you try to implement it. So kudos to Ron for trying to implement something, but apparently it rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me though, you know, the pro athletes, I guess they should be unhealthy, but at the same time, I get kind of, you know, trying to tell another adult how they should eat, even if they are an athlete. I think that has to be a thing that the athletes want to do as a whole. Uh, but I get, I, I just, I think it's all kind of overblown, but I just think it's kind of funny that pizza is like a side story of all this nonsense. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. pizza, like grown ass dudes eating pizza, not eating pizza is a possible reason why the GM should be fired. But I get, you know, it's the same thing. The thing is, it's like, uh, what, I think one of the seasons the Penguins went, didn't they all buy into like a, a gluten-free diet or some shit? Well, like, look at to... Tom Brady, who's on God knows how many treatments yeah. and pills and stuff, but something's working for him. Yeah, and again, that's a lot of commitment. I get like that. There, those guys are the exceptions to the rule. Uh, and you would hope that pro athletes kind of focus on their diet because you know they're moving around is their job. But I can get how that can be a controlling thing. But, I don't I think mean, that should be. Here's enough. the thing: this is when they're at work, right? And yeah. their work is to be healthy athletes. So I get it as far as like when they're at work. When they're not at work, they can do whatever the hell they want. But I get yeah. it in the locker room. And this is just a tip to try and stay a little healthier, recuperate better. I don't know. I don't see a problem with it. And it's just like, I feel like people really just went over the top with some of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's what all it is. It's stuff that is could make you know make the boss hate it but at the same time it doesn't it all doesn't sound like extremely obnoxious stuff to me it all just sounds like a bridge to make fans say like oh well he couldn't have possibly stayed gm so like if all this chuck fletcher stuff doesn't work out they can just be like well we couldn't have kept hextall he was the he was physically knocking pizza slices out of players hands like <laughs> right, stuff right. like that he was like, going just, around taking dumps on people's pizzas yeah it just sounds like it just sounds like it's a safety net uh in case to back up fans that they made the right choice and it's it's all this is just annoying to me because we'll never actually know what i think one of the interesting things though is the the talk about jilted alumni and uh, people working for the Flyers that Hextall rubbed them the wrong way because the thing with Hextall was he really ran a tight ship and kind of uh, closed the inner circle so you didn't see the same rumors coming out with the Flyers that you used to back in the Holmgren days. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the whole... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably not a good look for Hextall, the whole dunking on the alumni thing. 
and I mean, with the fire. What do you do specifically? Though, uh, that's that? uh, see, that's the thing. There's so much of the, so much of the language with like that and like the stuff where like Gordon Murphy was apparently just like tattletailing everything to Ron Hextall, and it's like, well, what are we talking that about? Gordon's job is that way. <laughs> Ivan Provorov apparently hates his guts and wish he was dead. Yeah, like what? Like what is the like? What were these things? Like, what did they do? Like, it's all loose language. It sounds bad, but they never like nobody actually goes into detail about what these things were. I guess. And my thing for all of it, my thing is, I hope every rumor we've heard about Hextall, the the thing where apparently he made all places players wear uh, knee braces, all the stuff with uh, you know physically or like uh, visibly fuming over the players eating pizza or like being a dickhead to the sales team or whatever i hope all of it's true because if that case then you've gotten the big mean dictator out of the situation everybody should be relieved and then everybody should be able to do their job now and clean up so we'll see how they look going forward but you know in march if they still have the 31st penalty kill and chuck fletcher straight away saying i'm for like a middling goalie I don't really want to hear about how Hextall didn't let fucking Yori Terry eat some pizza back in November because then it all doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it's months from now, we're still seeing the same problems and this team's still turtling in the third period and the team still has sloppy transition defense and they're still focusing on too much throwing it the puck from low to high, then we'll know it wasn't Hextall coming in and running, you know, an iron fist or whatever. It's the, the fucking the, the coaching was bad and the players don't mesh well together or something. But I think regardless I, I of what happens this season, I, I they have to make some changes. They have to make they have at to, least yeah. little things here and there. Like if Lappy makes it to the end of the season as the penalty kill coach, there's, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. <laughs> I don't even get to, to give him the homegrown, promote him out of his job as make him like special assistant to, Chuck Fletcher, I don't care. I just don't want him running the penalty kill because he obviously he doesn't know what he's doing. We've talked. I mean, we talked about gritty. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, gritty just tries to get on the ice and block shots in needless situations like the game. <laughs> so, oh god, I think that's the. Oh man, I'm happy Laperriere blocked that shot because it's a it's a you know iconic toughness moment in Flyers history. But at the same time, man, it was game five. Flyers are up three to one in that series. They're up three to nothing in that game. It's like, it's, put your glove down. It's all right. That shot goes <laughs> in. It's three to one with like six minutes left. It's cool. You don't need to lose your head over it. Like, you don't need to literally lose your brain over it. It's, you know. Hey, everybody. Dr. Dunks is here. <laughs> I've got some opinions, and I'm saying them. So I had the spicy Bobrovsky <laughs> take. I had the spicy Ian Perrier take. What do you think uh, about Rick Wilson coming in? I, I mean, I think it's an indication that Hackstall is probably... I think it's funny. I, I think it's funny because I think he's going to do exactly what Gordon Murphy's going to do. He's going to come in. He's going to he's going to watch how Hackstall coaches, and then he's going to go to Fletcher and be like, yeah, this guy's not doing it. But <laughs> and like, I think Gordon Murphy just did the same thing, where it's just... Like, that's what spying is. You know, that's what the idea of spying is, is he could... It could just be as simplistic as... He's on the bench and just wants to get a general vibe of what's going on there. And then he's going to go talk to Chuck Fletcher about it. I, th- I think it's an indication that uh, Fletcher is probably going to start looking for his own guy pretty soon. Because, uh, uh, I mean, even if Hextall is on board with this hiring, a big another big knock against Hextall was 
uh, poor Dave Haxel wasn't even allowed to hire his assistants. I mean, if he wasn't allowed to put the players in, you know, on the lines he wanted to and do all these other crazy things that Haxel, you know, limited him to doing that, uh, He'd be able to pick his own assistants when Hextall is gone, and the first thing Fletcher does as a GM is bring in his own assistant. So <laughs> I think it just indicates that he's not going to Hextall is not going to be here for much longer. Do you think he makes it to the end of the season? Hextall? Hextall. No, I think Hextall is gone after Christmas. I think they're waiting for Coenville to have like a Christmas party with his family, and then he's going to be in Philadelphia. All right. I, I, that's my Bob McKenzie also said it too, where he they talked about Hackstall in a situation, and he was saying that you know if there's a better coach, they'll probably go out and try and get him. And the big name out there right now is Joel Quenville, and you you had to iron things out with that. But I don't know. I it, it kind of feels weird bringing on a coach like now, a couple of weeks before Christmas, especially if you're somebody like Joel Quenville who. You know, if a team reaches out to you now and they're like, you got to take this job, we're leaving it. If you're Joel Quinville, you're like, all right, well, fucking kick rocks. I'm Joel Quinville. <laughs> I'll, wait for the, I'll wait for the next team to call me at, on New Year's Day. So. Listen, I can get free shots at the Bears game whenever I want. <laughs> so kick rocks. Yeah, I took six shots of Jaeger and then I watched Mitch Trubisky beat the Vikings. So I don't need you That's or anybody to tell me what to do. Yeah, well, I, I, a loose version of the dream. The super fans Pro dream. sports and drunk, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so what it would be oh, HQ. The, the true version of or the true dream for a fan would be to get drunk and watch Mark Sanchez play quarterback. <laughs> Sanchez. But I think my favorite part of that game on Monday was Adrian Peterson. This is my favorite part, but Adrian Peterson, that 90 yard rushing touchdown, right? Yes. Somebody sadly. somebody told me he didn't finish with 100 yards rushing. That's he had about 93. That is phenomenal. You have. Literally one run for 90 yards, and you can't get 10 more yards the rest of the game. That's that's good stuff. But, you know, I mean. Well, the when you're everything. about 200 years old. <laughs> he invented running the ball forward in football. People forget that. He was, at, he was there when they invented football. And he was like, what if we carried the ball forward instead of just doing laterals? <laughs> and they're like, holy shit, Adrian Peterson. I hope you're here in 200 years. <laughs> Actually, Adrian Peterson had 98 yards. 98 yards. Okay, there you go. So eight yards for the rest. Of the- yeah, because they popped up his stats at half, and they were like, five carries, 93 yards. I'm like, wait, so he had four. He had three yards on four of the carries. <laughs> then he breaks off a 90-yarder. But whatever. Equals one. I guess that's all that matters. Uh, the, the, the Wilson stuff, yeah, I think it's just uh, – I, I think Fletcher's already putting his – I guess staff in place, but it's still kind of a weird thing because you would still ideally want the head coach there, unless we're not going to make up, or unless we're not going to make it as big a story about the assistant coaches with the next guy. But I imagine if somebody came in like Quinville or another coach, like, like, you know, uh, maybe they would want to bring in their own guys as well. There's such a, yeah, see, that's another thing is there's such a, man, like drop off in names I'd want with coaches. And I think coaches are a little bit different than, than GMs when it comes to actually analyzing who you'd want, because you look at what Quinville did in Chicago. I I think I kind of want some of that. And uh, when you look at what Mike Yo did in Minnesota and St. Louis, I'm not really, uh, no, thanks. Not really jumping on my seat for it. Yeah. So hard pass. Yeah. What do you think of the, the, the Rick Wilson hiring? 
so Rick Wilson was retired before this. Well, he was assistant coach last year, so he just wasn't okay. working this season. Yeah, he just called him up. He's just like in bed. He's like, "Is Rick? Talk to me." <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Juicy I yank in my analytics department. <laughs> <laughs> These analytics. <laughs> like he just, I'm just imagining he's just like, "Yeah, I can do that. All right, I'll be there in 15." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, How I think old are the was... guys on the defense? They're, they're between 12 years old and 45. All right. Sure. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I'm on. Did you say McDonald? Yeah, I'll be there within the hour. Oh, well, Andrew <laughs> McDonald's a pro's pro. <laughs> By the way, not to, uh, I, I feel like we always need to emphasize that a lot of coaches are dumb. Most coaches make really annoying decisions. And I thought one that I saw this week that, I, that cracked me up was, John Hines, current head coach of the New Jersey Devils, who last year should have been called the New Jersey Taylor Halls, mm-hmm. benched Taylor Hall on, on Monday in a 5-1 yeah. loss to Tampa. He didn't play most of the third period. And that I'm pretty sure it's like because... An error. Yeah, it seems to be. And uh, I think he was asked about it. And he said, like, most nights we're going to utilize Taylor Hall as much as we can, but I just don't think he had it tonight or something. So just a general reminder that most coaches are, are pretty big idiots. Uh, and I I went back and I watched the highlights, and there was, I think it was the Lightning's third goal against or fourth. Uh, he looked up too quick on an outlet pass and fumbled it. That led to a turnover. That led to a goal like two seconds later. So I'm thinking that's the reason why he sat. But at the same time, you have the New Jersey Devils roster, and he is Taylor Hall. So I'm thinking you should probably play him over. I can't even think of bad players on that team. Who even is on Semi? the Devils? Yeah, Miles Wood. Some guy named Miles Wood. Pavel Zaka. One of the greatest wonders in the world. Going six overall. Not Nolan Patrick. And yeah, not Nico Hischer. Nico Hischer. Oh, Nico Hischer, by the way, who got got muscled off a of puck to lose against the Jets in overtime, which was hilarious. But <laughs> not the hate nor there. No, I'm not keeping tabs. Of Nico hate, Hischer, hate, hate. He definitely. He definitely did. <laughs> Welcome to the haters ball. <laughs> we could just have a haters ball dunkathon episode of Fly Purple. Oh man, that might be a. I mean, I've been saying that we should try and have instead of just four episodes a month, five. I'm thinking we could have that one. Oh, well, didn't we already think of that though? It's the the monthly dunk fest told hosted by Sway. I think that was just Wasn't the name that... of an episode. Oh, it was. Okay, yeah. No, that was us dunking on the Flyers for being <laughs> shitty again. But they fired Ron, so all's well now. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, see, I will... I, I think we're on not complete opposite ends, but I think we're just approaching the same situation with different approach, but like I think... Like Lady and the once, Tramp. Yeah, and they'll eventually just start making out once we get to the end of that spaghetti string, baby. So uh, Nobody wants to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Use that chapstick. But I think once, you know, they make a couple moves, I think we'll start seeing, uh, I think we'll start, I'll I'll probably change my opinion on them once they do a couple things. I'm 100% in for bonus dunkathon each month, though. Oh, yeah, I think think we should absolutely do that. I think, see, I think, I don't know if he makes a good couple first moves, and I think they are coming. He came out and he said they're not going to happen this month, month pretty much, but if by New Year's 
Haxtell is fired and they make a move for some kind of goaltending that is not uh, Pickard off waivers or another, or like Mike Smith or somebody dumb. All right. I'll, still, I'll, I'll, I'll let it ride out. Let's see where he goes. And if at the deadline he doesn't trade away the first or half the draft class, then all right. I think I'll, I think I'm, I'll think I'm down with Chucky two trades. Chucky two trades. I can't get over it. <laughs> I just picture him like a feisty Fletch, like a GM, like a board of governors meeting or whatever. And like all the GMs are there, he just shows up with like half a bottle of Jack and like a tie on down. He's like, all right, we dealing? We talking, we talking deals here, boys. Let's talk trades. <laughs> Although his new line could be about, he could have the, he could be, you may as well call me Howie Bendel. Cause this is a deal or no deal situation. Do you see it coming back? It's coming back. The game where millions, I, I did of, see people, it's coming back. millions of people watch somebody go, is the money in there? And then they just pull it down. And it's like, nope. Is the money in there? Nope. <laughs> it takes intellectual genius. <laughs> intellectual geniuses? Uh, I, it takes Genius. the smartest people on earth to win this game. It's this <laughs> and Wheel of Fortune. Hey, Wheel of Fortune. Don't you have to spell a word. word. Yeah, I like, I like, I like Waff. I can get behind the intellectual the geniuses. The deal or no deal is literally. There's no strategy to it. You just gotta get lucky. It's, it's just, no gold case, but it's yeah. it's up there. Is there money in there? What about that one? Oh, yeah. is there money in there? Is there money in there? <laughs> That's the game we're gonna be doing <laughs> at the Wells Fargo Center in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. The Flyers trivia just is, uh, is there money in there? By the way, there <laughs> may nice. be. A little yeah, birdie tells me there may be a fly purbly presence at the game in a couple of weeks at the Snyder hockey table. Why don't you tell which game, Steve? Uh, that's for you to find <laughs> out. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter because we are not 100% certain yet. No, I, but. well, I can say, I can say with certainty that I will be at the Nashville Predators Flyers game that the Flyers will get <laughs> very much dunked on by Peter Laviolette on December 20th. I'll say I'll be there too, then. Wow. Well, I'll say that, and when we're there, I'll say sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> the president of the United <laughs> Hate of America himself, Craig Forsyth, will grace us with his presence. Hashtag hate this. Hashtag Chucky Two Trades. Hashtag deal or no deal. <laughs> Get all the hashtags in there. Get all those hashtags by the December 20th. Mark your calendars. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll do that to engage with the fans. And also you engage with the fans earlier on Twitter when you ask them a particular question, which I think is, I feel like is a good time. Look at this transition Fuck. game. You yeah, are we're, learning. When it comes to the segue game tonight, we are fucking shredding it apart. Killing it's just it. Yeah. So I asked a, uh, a little podcast question. Podcast. Pod, I'm doing great with pronunciation. Johnny Podcast. Few weeks. Johnny Podcast. But I asked who your favorite '90s flyer is, and I excluded two big names because they're the obvious ones: Eric Lindros and John Leclaire. It's '90s night tomorrow night. The Flyers probably aren't going to wear their best jerseys, their '80s '90s orange jerseys. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I asked, who's your favorite flyer from the '90s that's not Leclaire or Lindros? So before I get into this, Craig, who's yours? 
of the nineties that I saw, I would say favorite to actually watch was Rod Brindamore, uh, Rod the Bot. I also want to say that because I the first year I started watching them was ninety five, ninety six, and then really started watching them when they went on that cup run. Uh, and I was in first grade. My favorite player was Diana Zubris, solely based on name. Noise. And because I like the number nine. So it was uh, it was kind of, you know, it was a one-win situation there. So mine, my joke answer is Trent Klatt. Naturally. He of the 120th annual <laughs> Trent Klatt Invitational. Got a shirt made up for our appearance, by the way. Oh, baby. There we go. Oh, yeah. But uh, joke answer is Trent Klatt. Real answer is Mark Recchi. Okay. All right. Like the mode. Yeah. Uh, I would have also, uh, for me personally, joke mode, I would have said Jody Hall. Ooh. Uh, he's yeah. up there. Yeah, that's right. Talking about the, uh, the fourth line grinders. The holster. Yeah. Maybe some uh, John Drews. Ooh. Mike Little John Drews action. Mike Matalock. Yeah. Mike Matalock is my favorite phantom of all time. I think another legitimate answer would be Eric Dejardin, who I assume got a lot of love from our fans. We got a lot of Rico love. Yeah, okay. Recola. Recola. Uh, yeah. John so Sequella the, was the first one to chime in, and he had Eric Desjardins. All right. Yeah, okay. Great. Now he's out of the way. Let's get to the real fans. Yeah, yeah, fine. Not yeah, that we bump. John. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're going to talk about John in a second here with our next topic. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Frey with a great answer said, the one, the only, Alexander Digg. Oh, nice. By the way. Uh, I believe it's uh I believe he goes by Fry. He goes by Fry. Because I, I believe his handle is French Fry, right, or something. Yakov Skorachek. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought it was Fry. We'll find out. Well, it's I mean, we'll know fry, tomorrow because yeah, I'm going to get so. completely, you know, slaughtered over pronunciation. Yeah. We are the worst podcast when it comes to names. You know that? Like the we worst. Both... <laughs> Alexander Digg. John though, Ralphio. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Alexander Digg. Is Alexander Digg. And never forget that I was present for his one and only Flyers hat trick. Oh, nice. <laughs> Detroit okay. Red Wings. Yeah, well, nobody remembers his second hat trick because it doesn't exist. Much like nobody remembers <laughs> who goes second overall. Although it's Chris Pronger, but Wow. That's a good one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Matz chimed in with Chris Gray. Alright, he got that name right. Thank yeah, you. and uh, Chris Grant in the original offer sheet. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember I remember listening to that break because uh, it was in the summer and I was on a. My dad used to sell furniture. I remember being in the car with him when we were covering his territory down like Virginia, and we heard the news about Chris Grant coming to the Flyers. Remember that whole fucking thing? And then he uh, was pretty uh, underwhelming, was he not in Philadelphia? Chris Grant, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, he had like uh, I think he had one good season, right? And then he kind of uh, pooped the sheets after that. But it was fun to get him. Jesus! By the way, we got an overwhelming response to this, so I'm actually gonna have to buzz through a bunch of them. And I apologize for not reading oh, all the okay. Twitter handles, but people actually responded like all over the place, and it's awesome. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, let's run through them. Yeah, let's get to let's it. Let's run through them. We got uh, Rod the Bod, Rod Brindamore, Rod Joel Bod, Otto. Yeah. Rico, Rambo. Joel Otto. Joel oh, Otto. No. Yeah. Was, wasn't his whole thing like he was extremely good at face-offs? Wasn't yes. That his thing? Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, yeah Joel Otto, that holy shit. <laughs> Joel Otto also, uh, did you ever watch Kroll Show? Uh, here and there, but not too much. Okay, they had like a thing called Wheels, uh, Wheels and Cannon or something. It was supposed to be like a teen drama based on like a Canadian high school, and he played a guy that was like in a like a wheelchair or something. Anyway, but they like always referenced like random NHL players because it's Canada, and I think Joel Otto was one of the names they threw in there. Like, the Wait, was he making fun of Degrassi? No, I I think to an extent, but it's just something like because uh, Drake was in the wheelchair on that show, and yeah, I oh uh, I guess that's, you know that's probably what it was. Uh, but it was just funny because they said something like, uh, "Where where are you speeding off to, Joel Otto?" And it's just like, "Why are they talking about Joel Otto <laughs> in 2013?" <laughs> well, the but, reason Joel Otto's one that really sticks out is because he's just got a great name. It is a good hockey name. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's it's just short, sweet. Sounds like sounds like a hockey name. It's well, it also good. reminds me of uh, Otto from The Simpsons. So it's. Oh, I was gonna say my uh, name wasn't... is Otto, and I like to get <laughs> Blato. <laughs> wasn't Otto also on uh, Rocket Power? Not sure. Okay. All right. Well, we'll come back to that. I'll have to talk to somebody who's also young like me, and we'll find out if he was on Rocket. Get Power. off my lawn! I remember the nineties. <laughs> I remember the eighties, kind of. <laughs> Uh, the one month I lived in uh, the 1980s, it was, it was pretty nuts, dude. It was pretty it was pretty off the chain. December of 1989. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Pretty good. Let's continue along. Let's go. Let's keep this. Let's keep going. All right. God, the year you were born, I think I was playing hockey in the spectrum as a mite. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, Rico Renberg, Rod the Bod, Rod Brindamore. Brindamore, Renberg and Recky are up there. Dan Cordick, Mike Sillinger. Cordick. Oh my God. Loved watching Brindy Desjardins and the Lod, the Legion of Doom, of course. That would be a yeah. flyer girl scored by. Uh, Sean Podine, which is what an amazing name. Uh, this was uh, Danny yeah. Fortuna. Sean Podine, because I never seen anybody with the balls to make up another way to spell Sean. That, that is true. And I don't think anybody's ever going to have the balls to spell their name like that again. Who. Has the name Sean. I was like, you know what? Let's throw Jay in that bad boy. See how that treats him. <laughs> makes no sense. It's Sha John. Yeah. Shh, John. Shh, John. Yeah. John is That's speaking. A good name, though. <laughs> Shh, John is speaking. John LeClerc. <laughs> <laughs> Every scrub who played less than 10 games. Boosh. Brindamore. Kelly. Shaw. Podine, baby. Oh, there you go. Dominic Roussel and Recky. Dominic Roussel. Cool. <laughs> Whole line of Podine, Otto Klatt, Rico, Niemina. I always say Niemina because of Gary Thorne, your favorite Gary Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, yeah, I like I like Gary Thorne mainly because of the uh, the hockey calls. I don't he hasn't had too many great Orioles calls mainly because of uh the uh team he's calling, but you know. Yeah. No more work with what you got soon to not no more really. a lot of things, yeah. Where is yeah, so where where are Harper and uh, Machado going, by the way? Who knows? But, yeah, okay. That's good. That's been your that's been baseball corner here on Flat Purple. Oh my god. The, the hot <laughs> stove was very cold and then it got very hot and then it got cold again. When did the when did free agency start on these ding dong still aren't? I think time? like four months ago. Yeah. They still haven't gotten yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even remember what the warm sun feels like at this point because it's been <laughs> so cold. So I what is even a baseball? That's a good question. 
Oh man. Oh, what, what are the uh... so Bill found an autograph and which player is this? It's a Sean Podian autograph. Bill's oh got a Sean God, Podian right. autograph. That's amazing. Bill Matz. Bill Matz. The oh, Bill Matz. Yeah. yeah, that sounds uh sounds about right. <laughs> I see. I don't think. I think Bill would be more of the Trent Clatt nature. Trent Clatt, Sandy McCarthy, Don Mashir, Frandom, but not really Sean. I don't. I don't remember Sean Podine being a really physical defenseman, right? But he was Sean Podine. Yeah, he was. If Sean you Podine. can get an autograph from somebody who spells their name Sean S H J O N, you get that damn <laughs> autograph. That's fair. I really. I can't argue that. I got. I can't argue that at all. You're right. Uh, math happens with a sad answer. Ron Hextel. Oh man, oh. I will say, even though. I'm sure they're like uh, some of the fan base is happy that he's gone because now they're going to start doing things again. But just him saying that he's just upset he couldn't bring a cup to Philadelphia as the former general manager and, and former player is kind of heartbreaking considering it would have been a great will, story. Yeah, like how well he did in the 80s and then also what he did to kind of write the ship here in Philadelphia when it came to developing and the drafting and developing in the cap and everything so it, it does kind of suck that he is not maybe that's what i'm so torn up about is the the lack of completion on that story yeah well see that's the thing that's why i'm happy to hire another former flyer because i'm just tired of like there are fans that hate ron hextall now and that doesn't make sense to me as a flyers fan like there's no reason why you should not like Ron Hextall. And I don't want them to bring in like Danny Breer or Chris Pronger. And then people in five years being like, oh, Chris Pronger is being a wussy. He's not doing enough for the front office. And it's like, yeah, do those are words that do not lo- belong together. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like Ron Hextall. If you would have told, you know, if we would have said that eight years ago about Ron Hextall being a GM. You're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, here we are. So, <laughs> so let's continue with our nineties flyer. Yeah. Then. Kevin Deneen, hands down from Pico Powerball. Oh, man. Mark Recchi has to be Rico. Does Brian Boucher count? He was on the team in 99. Uh, Brindamore, Rod Brindamore. Yeah. <laughs> Those were two different answers, by the way. Uh, <laughs> somebody agreed with has to be Rico. Rod Brindamore, Eric Desjardins of the Gardens. <laughs> Ninema. Uh, my all-time fave, Real Rocket 22, the Rick Tockett. Uh, Desjardins, obvious answer, Desjardins, cool answer, Podine. Yes, yeah, I guess over, I guess there's a lot of Podine love. That's fair. So many options, got to go with Renberg though, and lastly but not least, John Dos Passos with Ron Hextall, Kevin Deneen. So a lot of Deneen love, some uh Ron love, which is great. Uh, a lot of Rico. A lot of Rod Brindamore, a lot of Sean Podine, a lot of uh, Recky. So a lot of common answers here. I think we all love the same flyers, but we can all yeah. agree Sean Podine with the wackiest spelling of a name ever. So looking at like their timelines with the flyers or like their like Tockett's original timeline, aren't Rick Tockett and Wayne Simmons essentially the same player? Like they were both the guy that would fight and score on mediocre Flyers teams at best. Like, wasn't that what Tocca did in the early 90s? Yeah. And then he came back. I know he came back. Uh, <laughs> this yeah, is like essentially why Wayne Simmons is the perfect Flyer, because Rick Tocca was the perfect Flyer. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how Wayne Simmons does as a Coyotes coach in 10 years or something. Well, just don't get into gambling, buddy. <laughs> I'd make a... Yeah, never mind. I can't even think of a 
terrible game like fun to go off of there so I'm not gonna... seriously th- thanks to everybody for all the responses yeah thanks for 30 the plus which is yeah. awesome yeah yeah that was uh i mean that was pretty fun thinking about the 90s and when this team was actually uh relevant <laughs> a lot of fun to watch yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it is kind of weird too now like uh i don't know if we've talked about it but we've talked about it among the uh, other prostriaki people but like people of our age and like maybe a few years younger it was a lot different vibe as a flyers fan like it was just a different thing being a flyers fan because every year they were competitive and every year they'd go out and make a big transaction and every year they were like uh, not 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 in a non way they were an actual contender like every single year and then and the on, nhl implemented a salary cap yeah pretty much where it all went down and like early on ed snyder could walk into bob clark's office and go clarky get me this guy yeah and they could go do it and then i think the flyers got caught up in that or not thought they did get caught up in that way after the salary cap was implemented because then they started giving up that contract (laughs) nice (laughs) now we need trent clatt to be in charge of uh where the nhl salary cap will be We're going to cut the salary clat. Uh, what's the number this year, Trent? He just gets paid for one minute of speaking every single year. Uh, let's go with 85. <laughs> Trent Clatt says 85 with no research, and uh, that's what the league's going to settle on. Uh, Kyle Dubas yeah. is displeased. <laughs> yeah, so we need to – well, we'll talk about that in a second too. But, uh, but like, with the early – I mean, the late 90s Flyers too, like, when I started watching, uh, they know they're – win or they would just uh beat the shit out of people it was uh, it was really fun to watch as a kid and then over the years they've uh kept the winning intact and the fighting and then now recently it's been uh not much either so hopefully... the nhl has changed and the nhl has definitely changed a long the fight time to change be... with it yeah the fighting definitely probably wouldn't be here either way but the winning i hope is i hope there's about to be an upward tick in that around here meaningful winning and not uh I don't know. Not like getting to the postseason and getting your ass handed to you. Hopefully they can start making something out of uh, these next few playoff appearances. I honestly wonder how much the current playoff format has really affected the Flyers' success. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's really unfortunate that... It's really tough when you have to face the Capitals or the Penguins pretty much every year. Yeah, considering they are the last three Stanley Cup champs. It is kind of a difficult thing to do. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it it's is, obviously but... not the key factor. I'd be fooling myself if I tried to think it was. But... Yeah, if you're just like, these teams were right there, but it's just they've played the Penguins or Caps in the first round. That's not what you're saying. You're when, saying when you talk just, about this team, suck. though, not making it past the first round and that being a big deal, that's definitely a factor. I think it is. I mean, because they haven't won a playoff series since 2012. They, they, I mean, they could have won in 2014, I guess, even though I think the Rangers were a better team. And that was the only year they made the playoffs since the new playoff format and didn't have to play the Penguins or the Caps. So maybe, uh, I don't know. What also goes into that too, though, is you can have a really good regular season and not be forced to play them in the first round. Like you could just win the division and then play the Blue Jackets or like the Red Wings in the first round. Although I don't think the Red Wings are going to be there this year. Sabres maybe. You know they 
the easy way to avoid playing the Caps or the Penguins in the first round is just get better seating, which I don't think is that crazy of a thing to suggest that they should have done. That's that, I guess. That's that. <laughs> That's that. Do you want to... Uh, I mean, two other things around the league are uh, World Junior Championship rosters and also the Seattle expansion. Which one do you want to dive into? Actually, I'm just going to do the World Junior Championship roster real quick because it's not going to take long. Um, for Canada, Morgan Frost and Isaac Ratcliffe have been named to the roster. For Team Ooh, USA, yeah. Joel Farabee, Jay O'Brien, Noah Cates, and uh, Jackson Ivamy are on the team. Got it right that time. And then Sweden, Adam Ginning, and Samuel Urson. And apparently Urson's been playing pretty well this year. And Ginning, I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name, but I already forgot about him. And also, I don't care to check in on him because he's not an exciting prospect to me. Uh, and then the Seattle expansion. There will be a team in the NHL in Seattle for the 2021-22 season. And Arizona will shift to the Central Division. So now we will have four eight-team divisions, which will be pretty nice, I guess, if you're you know, worried about that symmetry or whatever. Yeah, lose and sleep over it. <laughs> I mean, it's cool uh, that the Seattle franchise is official. This is uh, definitely yeah, a great spot for hockey. It's right there yeah. with Vancouver, as we've mentioned many times. It's just, it seems like a natural fit. Yeah. Um, and then the team names that they trademarked in January when this, I mean, this is like the worst kept secret for a while with Seattle getting a team. So in our, in our Sports Illustrated article I found in January of uh, team names that were trademarked uh, by the purchasing group, uh, the Seattle Cougars, Seattle Eagles, Seattle Emeralds, Seattle Evergreen, Seattle Firebirds, Seattle Kraken, Seattle Rainiers, Seattle Renegades, Seattle Sea Lions, Seattle Seals, Seattle Sockeye, Seattle Totem, Seattle Whales. I like Kraken are, and I like Seals. I think I like Seals. I like Sea Lions just because I think that's funny to me that you know ooh, professional ooh, ooh. team we named after you know fat animals. They are assholes uh, too. Yeah, Kraken. I mean, Kraken, I think people are saying that one, too. Uh, just whenever I hear Kraken, though, I always think of the uh, the rum. And I don't really like the, uh, I don't know, the, 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 I had too much. You think couch. of what? You never heard of Kraken, like the rum or whatever? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 the rum. Okay, okay. I did, yeah, for some I, reason, I didn't know you were talking about booze. Oh, you talking about booze? Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about, yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I like uh, Kraken because you can just yell, Unleash the Kraken. <laughs> that might and that's be cool. What they'll do, yeah. Uh, and I think they were saying red and black would be the colors of the team because, eh. like, there was a uh, there was a younger girl on stage that was wearing that jersey color, and then somebody was saying that that's what the colors are going to be. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I did enjoy. Uh, my brother and I were rattling off fake Seattle names the other day, and I came up with. Uh, I think they should just go with the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, I also said they should just name their team the Seattle Mariners to show the entire city who's boss and just <laughs> let them know that they're going to be running the show. Um, and then I also wanted to name them the Seattle Courtney Loves Did It. But I don't know how much. <laughs> I don't know if that one would stick, and I don't know how you would sell that team. Also, the It the might be Seattle controversial, grunge. but I support it. <laughs> the Seattle Grunge, and then they just played man in the box for the entire game and just pissed off their fans. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 30-second team. Maybe uh, 
We'll see how they do in the 2022 Stanley Cup final. How about the Seattle Starbucks? Or, you know, because <laughs> Starbucks is from there, and that's funny. <laughs> Seattle Fish Markets, Seattle uh, Coffee Beans. The Seattle, I hear the Japanese food's pretty good. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue, but, you know, it, it makes sense. I just like the... <laughs> the Seattle homelessness problem. The Seattle, I hear the Japanese food is pretty good. <laughs> Just the singular addressing of the not not that they have good Japanese food, just you heard it was good. I heard it was good. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, I mean that's uh that's all we got. Oh, uh John speaking of John, who was who let off the uh, answers for favorite players in the nineties. Wrote about the what this would mean for the Flyers team going forward and looking at the players they have now and who they could possibly lose and we're following last expansion draft rules at seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie. Uh, and Giroux has a no movement clause. Uh, Voracek, JVR, Katori, and Ghosts are pretty much locks to get protected. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So those that's four forwards and a defenseman. I think the goalie, no matter what, is going to be hard assume so that covers the goalie then you have because it makes a butthole like you and me yeah i know uh and then you have three forwards and two defensemen and then (laughs) and then the the rest of the available skaters are going to be uh patrick connectney limblom lawton proroff sandheim marin nak torinsky rupsoff vorobiev freeman myers uh and hart uh and then morgan frost isaac ratcliffe joel farabee jay o'brien and igor zamula uh, will not be eligible to be drafted by Seattle. So out of uh, you have three forwards left. Out of Patrick, Konechny, Limblom, Lawton, Nak, Twarinski, Rupsoft, Verobiev, who would you keep? I think I would make it pretty simple and go with Patrick, Konechny, Limblom. Patrick, Konechny, Limblom can't argue with that. I mean, it would be uh, I mean maybe. We'll see how Patrick does over the next two seasons, but I mean, I, I, I mean, Brusov is also Brusov was doing pretty well this season, but then he also went through a pretty big injury, and I feel like we may not even get. I mean, maybe Brusov is NHL ready by then. Uh, Verobiev, I like a lot too, but I, I think I would take those three. It's definitely recency bias, and you know, maybe the outlook looks a little different at the end of next season. But teams like Patrick Connecticut would be the, the obvious three there. Uh, and then that leaves us with two more defensemen among uh, Provorov, Sanheim, Myers, Friedman, and Marin. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I think I'll go with Provorov and Sanheim there. Yeah. But then that would mean... Uh... See, this is interesting because then that might mean uh, good old uh, Chucky Two Trades going to try and deal out some of these prospects that are going to be unprotected. Do you think any of these guys are going to be here at this point? I absolutely know they're going to clean house by then. Completely (laughs) different team. I'll hang up and listen. (laughs) Yeah, see, I I think that's why I'm a little more optimistic right now, is that feeling of Holmgren still being around and being like, I know Nylander's out there. We're never going to use this for Ruby for Rupsef guy. We're going to get these guys out of town with Sanheim. And a first, and we'll get Neilander right here. I think that whole element, that being out of it, 
Oh, you know he wanted to do it. Oh, I know he did. They were rumored in there too. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah, which was was great. Which was like the reason why I didn't like that whole. I just wanted them to name a GM. That they can stop using. uh, We can stop dunking on Hextall and saying how he needs to be fired and pretty much executed. Uh, And then the player. It's not an all nice distraction. Executed. I just, you know, like sometimes I'm worried about the punts I make, <laughs> and then I forget that you're also on the podcast and you make some pretty bad punts. Oh, I'm way worse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. I mean, the fans love it. I know the fans love it. We get tons of fan mail. About the pu- do more, do more physical puns. letters left and right <laughs> from do prison. More puns on the show. Send me your own puns. I want to see you. I'm like, all right, uh, we'll work on it. Got it. It, it uh, is no. It's a known fact that most of Fly Perbly's listeners are in prison, though. And <laughs> hang in there. I do want to say, uh, speaking of, uh, you're saying Chuck Fletcher uh, is not exciting just because of the name, right? The boring name. It is the most boring name possible. So uh, he he kind of looked vaguely familiar to me for somebody, and he looks kind of like a... He looks like everybody's dad. Well, he looks like Scott Alkerman to me. He looks like uh, the guy from Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, I but can see he, that. Yeah, and I, I know Scott Alkerman's not exactly like a, a household name, so you can look him up on the internet if you guys want to, or you can take can my you? word for it. I, I don't know. I think that's how the internet works. I don't know. Who knows? We're pretty much doing this. Uh, we're not using the internet for this. We're doing this with the uh, the good old soup can and string method. <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> that's why the quality was always bad. We just got better string, so that's why it's picked up over the last. Oh, day. that's that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Well, well, one other note besides the potential game appearance in a couple of weeks, but uh, be sure to show up. At Tavern on Broad on Festivus, the twenty third, twelve twenty three, Festivus. We're gonna watch the Flyers game. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, also, and the maybe the... just maybe, like with our draft party, I may drop a key phrase in the podcast that is dropped before that, where Steve might buy you a drink if you utter that to him. Yeah. So Anna, I look forward to your free drink on Festivus because <laughs> that's really. <laughs> Very, very, you know, loyal listener. She's very good with that. So nobody else is willing to approach me in public because I am <laughs> monstrously hideous. And I was like, well, if I'm getting a free drink. I guess I'll throw words at that guy's face. Uh, I guess I could talk to so. Quasimodo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, what? Oh, uh, by the way, the ongoing joke is, you know, the party's not over until somebody pins me. And I say, uh, bring any fucking nerds, because I'll smack all you around. Nobody's pinning me. Are you kidding? <laughs> Get a couple highlights with me. I'll start pinning you all. It's the reason be, I have funny. Yeah. There's a reason why we don't do this podcast in person. That's because I've threatened Steve physically a lot. Like, an amazing amount. So I am scared for, that. <laughs> for my life 24-7. You don't want to hear us talk off this podcast, because it's not... Uh, it's not by the way, I think I just said podcast and broadcast together. Just same shit or something. Yeah, so same thing. But uh yeah, so uh that go to the Flyers game against Predators and uh Festivus. And Watch Festivus Flyers is Flyers Rangers. Yeah. Should be interesting. Yeah. And I'm thinking yeah. about I'm considering 
maybe bringing the mic and maybe recording some airing of the Ooh. grievances. Frank Costanza style. <laughs> Got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Got a lot of problems with you people. <sighs> well, well, in that case, if we're go- before we go to the round of the league, I guess that is also my approach with uh, with Fletcher in there now. Is uh, I hope he will take Kramer's advice and uh, giddy up. Just start getting on the move there. Start making some trades. Take it home, Craig. Around the league, Stephen. Uh, William Nylander finally signed at 4.59 at the 5 o'clock deadline on December 1st. Uh, 6.92 cap hit. Nice. Million dollars, not $6.92. Uh, through 2023-24. And the Leafs have the RFAs of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and Kasperi Kapanen this season with Jake Gardner's UFA. So... So their cap's going to look really good in a couple of years. Yeah, so suck at least. So I hope uh, I hope everybody wants all their money and they sit out because I still hate Dubas, you. Dubas, more like yeah. Dubas. Oh, God, oh, dude. Nice. Yeah, you know, nailed. <laughs> Just don't talk. Uh, Dubas, more like Dubass. <laughs> oh, more like Dubless. Waiver action. Uh, Scott Darling was waived, went down to Charlotte, uh, joined the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL. He's got a 935 save percentage in three games. Can't believe the Flyers didn't claim him. Yeah, thank God that was not something that Holmgren did. We have 10 goalies. None of them are good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I think somebody, yeah, Hextall was like, it's a quantity thing. We get enough of them. They'll eventually just make one of them good. Well, it's like Voltron, right? Like they all just assemble (laughs) into one master goaltender one jamie alexic sized uh goaltender that could just sit down i was gonna say marty brodor but you know oh yeah Yeah, well you know don't really want to talk about that guy more than we have to i guess feel like it was a trap that we'd bring him up uh valentin zykoff was claimed by the oilers second round pick in 2013 he had three assists in 13 games the hurricanes this year hasn't played for the oilers yet Nikita Sherback was claimed by the Kings, 26 overall in 2014, seven points in 29 games with the Canadians uh, last season and this season overall. Uh, hasn't played for the Kings yet. And then uh, Jamel Smith was on waivers today. Again, uh, he was on the waivers early in the season. He had pretty good numbers last year in terms of shot suppression, but his underlying numbers this year suck pretty bad. He's got three points in 14 games, though. Uh Tyler Perduzzi suspended two games for punching Matt Calvert while he was on the bench. Um, did you see video of that? I didn't see the Bertuzzi was, one. So there was a uh, Matt I? Calvert. Matt Calvert got checked into the bench, and then he got into it with somebody next to Bertuzzi. And then Bertuzzi, while Bertuzzi was on the bench, he put Calvert in a headlock and started throwing punches at him. So it was a, it was a good time. It was a good. Very surprised that uh, Bertuzzi. Uh, a guy named Bertuzzi did something illegal on the ice. It's a shame yeah, there was no foreshadowing. Yeah, it's the, no foreshadowing to a, a former incident against the, the Avalanche with that happening. But anyway, and that's uh, almost as surprising as someone with the last name Wilson or Reed's doing something. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can talk about that right now. Is uh, Ryan Reeves? I mean, put a very friend of the show. <laughs> now he's friend of the show. <laughs> I'll put a blindside hit on Tom Wilson, and I just want to say it's you just hate seeing something like that happen. Oh, jeez, like you Wilson. hate to see that. You hate to see it happen, and it's even worse when you watch the replay again voluntarily, and 
then you restart the clip again and watch a replay over. That's a classic. Couldn't over, have happened uh, to a nicer guy. Over again. Yeah, I mean, Tom Wilson, I, you know, I don't know. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's always out there doing dirty hits. And, man, he's the real cheap player. And I'm like, guys, give him a chance. Like, you give him one more chance. I think he'll write the ship around. So it's a real shame to see him get his bell rung by Ryan Reeves. I just, I hate seeing it. I watched it 10 times last night, but I, I hate seeing it, you know? And no supplemental discipline from the league. Almost like saying, good job, Ryan Reeves. <laughs> Almost like saying, uh, maybe Tom Wilson should have admired his pass. Uh, it was a legal hit. You know, you're familiar with those words, Tom Wilson. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Phil Forsberg out four to six weeks with a uh, classic case of UBI. Ilya Kovalchuk out four weeks. After having surgery on his ankle. and uh, Having a great year. Having a real bang-up season out there on the coast. He's got two more seasons at $6.25 million. A uh, couple of Pittsburgh trades, so everybody pay attention. Daniel Sprong, who was like their best prospect, <sighs> traded for Marcus Peterson, who is uh, definitely is a hockey player. I mean, I'm not going to argue that fact. That uh, is a human being. Yeah, I, I don't know what they say in him, but... Uh, Godspeed. I guess we're gonna trade Daniel Sprong. Weren't they kind of high on Sprong like Sprung not too was long ago? And literally was like, whatever. Yeah, Sprong was for a while there literally the only prospect in their pipeline. And when you're the the Penguins, granted, you really don't need a pipeline as long as you have Carl Jim Malcolm. But at the same time, they were talking him up, and I think they were really trying to utilize utilize him this year and last year. And then uh, I guess they didn't like what they saw in his limited action. So I'm Somehow, for this trade. A talented, warm body couldn't make it happen with Sidney Crosby. That is, that is, uh, well, I, you know, I had to look to see if he actually did play with Crosby, but there's not too many people could say that about. Because like, usually the, they try because. Yeah. 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 Seriously. Yeah. Everybody else that has played next to Crosby has done very well. And then they usually flip them for, I don't know, a first or like another better player. So that's far as the formula didn't work this time around. Uh, and then another meaningless trade because, uh, three of these players aren't that good, and I'm pretty sure the last one was made up. Uh, they traded Stefan Elliott and Tobias Lindbergh to the Senators for Ben Sexton and McCoy or Camps. Now, I I really don't think this person is real. And McCoy, if you're listening, I apologize. But he's a 23-year-old right-hand defenseman with six points in 21 ECHL games this season. Believe that name is an anagram. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I... You know, I, I usually know dumb names across the league and like in the AHL and maybe even some in the ECHL, but like McCoy or Camps, that's, I, I don't know. I feel like the Penguins are just like, we got to make this two for two trade. Why don't you take, uh, and then like Jim Rutherford just started looking around his office at things. <laughs> saw like a, uh, saw like a lamp and he was like, uh, or Camps, or Camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll trade you that guy. <laughs> He's totally I, real. I love her camps. <laughs> Do you really love her camps, or are you just naming what you see in the room? <laughs> no, he's a uh, uh, McCoy or camps. I love her camps. <laughs> uh, and then a, a couple Toronto trades. Trades a uh, big, big ah, Toronto trade. Toronto, big yeah. old Toronto boys. Andrew Nielsen to Calgary for Morgan Climchuk, and then Josh Levo to Vancouver for Michael Carcone. Or Sarcone, who knows? Again, names it doesn't matter. Don't sue us. Yeah, Rasmus Dahlin was named the rookie of 
rookie of the month for November. He had 10 points in 15 games. He's been paired with Zach Bogosian for most of the season. That's fine, I guess. That pair is pretty well above uh, relative Corsi 4 percentage and expected goals 4 percentage, uh, breaking even both those categories for the Sabres. Uh, yeah, I guess 10 points in 15 games as a defenseman isn't that bad. I guess it's all right. Meh. Uh, Murray Craven, no longer with the Golden Knights. He was named the senior vice president of the, the Knights back in 2016. Great hockey name, by the way. And then there was the – you can look at the Michael Grabner pick, but if nobody's seen it. Oh, I the, saw it. And it yeah, it's is... pretty gruesome. Yeah. I don't know how he uh, – I don't know how his eye will ever get back to normal, but I'm sure it's already back to normal. That just looked like a – it was just an amazingly painful injury, I imagine. That's a picture to definitely not look at if you're eating food. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I know a lot of you out there usually look at Michael Grabner pictures when you're eating dinner, but I would refrain from Stuffing looking at that one. a burrito in your mouth? Like, you know what? I got to look at some Grabner pictures. Oh, <laughs> well, there he is with the Islanders. <laughs> it's like, well, there he is on a shorthanded breakaway. Look at that. There he is. Uh, and then the last one, which I think we could discuss about for a second, uh, the Carolina Thunderbirds of the Federal Hockey League, the FHL. Uh, for each home game, they're going to hold a shootout before the game. And then whoever wins that shootout will win the game if it goes to a shootout. Um, but what are your that's... thoughts on that? So, for instance, if they were playing another team and the Thunderbirds won the shootout like three to two or whatever. Once the game was tied at the end of overtime, they would just win the game. That's, uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's really dumb. Well, uh, most of the time, or I think a problem that might be happening now in the league is, uh, three on three is still pretty entertaining, but it's definitely been kind of slowed down a bit, I guess, from like the first year is intact, just because more defensive strategies have been put in place. But I think if you know late in the game and overtime... I'm watching a pretty entertaining three-on-three right now. Yeah, the Blues. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, But if one team knows they have to win before the end of overtime, they're going to probably ramp up the uh, offensive pressure. And it might make for a little bit more of an interesting situation. This is more a gimmicky thing. I don't think the NHL should ever do it, but if... uh, the NHL just needs to restructure their point system. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think uh, I still think they should do the Olympic format where it's three points for a win, two for a, sh- a shootout win, one point for a shootout loss, and then zero for a regulation or overtime loss. Or, it's yeah, easy. Zero for, it's easy. Yeah, yeah and it, but I see they're never going to do that either. Oh, that's a penalty braid. Uh, they're never going to do that either because it, uh, it kind of – the whole thing with the league is towards the end of the year, a lot of teams could possibly make the postseason, and they don't want to let fans know that your team's not going to make the postseason, you know, like, I guess, a month, two months out. So they'd rather pretend like a bunch of teams are really in it until the end of the season. But this kills the trade deadline, ultimately, because if you have yeah. more teams selling... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I just it, I just realized Steve Ott is an assistant coach for Craig Ruby, or he's on the bench with Craig Ruby right now. He's very good at faceoffs. <laughs> He's ranked fifth in the league, in case you didn't know that. Look it up. <laughs> NHL.com. Oh, God. That was one of my favorite Claude Drew moments. He was just like, so I never good. said you were bad. <laughs> 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 they won the faceoff and scored. Oh, our, our sweet baby boy, Braden Shen, called for tripping. Damn. Yeah. Damn shame. Yeah, it's a real damn shame. Very I mean, good at they five. Might... 
phenomenal at five and five. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that. that let's wrap this puppy up. It ended up being a long one, Craig, and I blame you. Yeah, of course you do. But also, thank you. I'll take credit <laughs> for it. <laughs> well, we talked about our good friend Chuck to two trade Chuck. Chucky two trades. Chucky two trades. Get the it. nickname. God damn it! Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you have any feedback, best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Currently working on anything for BSH? I just put out the uh, NHLE piece for the month of November. Uh, this week, I'm not sure. I might try and do something for Friday. But, uh, I mean, the return flight is once they play a new opponent in the season. And starting on Sunday against the Jets, the next six teams they play with the Jets, are uh, they're playing them for the first time this season. So you're going to get... Six return flights in like 12 days. So get ready for that. I'm kind of working on that so I don't end up killing myself over those two weeks because wow. it take a little bit of time to research. Yeah, well, indeed. Yeah. And then, besides that, no. I mean, once the return flights are done, I think I'm going to do a lot of uh, draft uh, draft research. I, I kind of started a little bit later last year than I wanted to, but kind of do the same thing I did last year and then also look more at uh, try and do the pieces where I'd look at like all the points that Morgan Frost or Isaac Ratcliffe got in the OHL that season and break down hey got those points I kind of want to do that with draft picks this year but well guess it's what? all a matter of time Flyers aren't going to have any draft picks so don't worry about it <laughs> okay all right <laughs> I'll make sure I don't do also I might be doing something uh Maddie and I were talking about or uh, the world junior coverage so I, I Maddie's going to do a lot of it but if she needs help with stuff I think uh I might chipping a piece or two with that but all right very that's cool. all uh tbd there we go well that's uh that's sports are bad on twitter and Maybe. if uh you'd like to reach out to me it's either esteban or it is fly Perbly. i might have another flaper blog piece coming out soon oh do you Maybe uh, something in the works any care to share what the topic is i don't know yet figuring it out okay all yeah. right that's the best kind of flat per block <laughs> <laughs> just winging it that's how i live my life <laughs> fair uh, enough yeah but yeah it's a estee bomber uh, fly purbly if you want hockey talk fly purbly is the place and of course follow bsh radio and broad street hockey all that good stuff but uh gang thank you for listening and until next time as always, in the words of our friend Chucky Two Trades, Chucky Two Trades. It's Chucky not two trades. that goddamn hard, Steve. That's I'm already losing. Oh, oh baby! <laughs> All right, we gotta get out of here. Good night and good hockey. <laughs> Where? It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Love, 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 love,
Fly,